Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Hello and welcome to our new episode of Get Rich Without Being a Bitch, the place to have real and raw conversations about what it takes as a woman to get ahead in business. Really excited about my guest today, Lane Booth, who I met recently actually from a network that we're both involved with. And we had a Zoom meeting and just started to really geek out on some of the the things that she's up to in her business, particularly around numbers and managing numbers and simplifying things for women. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is an incredible conversation. We need to bring this conversation to the podcast that women know that there are other resources to help them. So Lane Booth, Welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thank you, Vanessa. I'm delighted to be here and to just shed some light on this topic that doesn't get talked about enough for women entrepreneurs. Absolutely right. And you call yourself the chief profit hunter for online businesses. I love that title, by the way. I just think that's a that's a really cool title. How did you come up with it? Um, from a suggestion of a friend, actually. <laughs> so, um, I have uh, a colleague that I met, um, yeah, here in North Carolina. And so we were just talking about, you know, for a while I just had my name as CEO, you know, CEO was behind it and I'm, all right, but what do you do? <laughs> and so, um, we kind of noodled on some ideas and essentially, you know, we're always, you know, we want to be profitable as business owners, right? Um, but there's a lot of hidden pieces uh, that most people aren't looking at. And so that's where the hunter came in. <laughs> I really love that. Really love that. Let's let's just take a little bit of a step back. So you've been in business, I believe, for about four years. Is it now? That's right. Yep. Four years in total, three, I'll say full time. For a little bit there, I was still uh, part time working in corporate and, you know, nights and weekends uh, for the the side hustle at the time and then decided, hey, I want to I want to do this thing full time. Do this thing full time. So how like how did you start this business? And like what gave you the idea to create a business, which is essentially about creating, uh, you know, dashboards for Mm -hmm. small businesses? Right. So, yeah, for me, uh, I mean, my my background was in corporate and I'm actually an industrial engineer um, by trade as well. So I was all about the numbers and um, in my corporate role. It was very important to have the numbers when you're having conversations with the executive team, because if you wanted anything done, they wanted to see the numbers behind it to to prove prove the case. Right. Um, And so I was really good at that and I really enjoyed it. But I also started having uh, little babies and found that, you know, I wasn't getting that freedom and flexibility uh, that I really wanted to be more part of them growing up. So I was trying to figure out, can this apply to small businesses as well? And so, you know, a few uh, lovely first clients uh, came on board, you know, I I shared the thought process and what we would accomplish together and they were, you know, on board to give it a try. And so we had some really successful um, first projects with those clients and, and then it was like, okay, how do we, now how do we do this more? (laughs) How do we scale this up and and get more impact as well? So it was kind of a guess um, at the beginning of, you know, I don't know that, there's enough numbers happening in small business for this to be helpful, but found out very quickly that there absolutely is. And too many people, unfortunately, just have 
um, haven't been taught or aren't aware or just have blinders on to the numbers that are swirling around their business right now. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's actually, it's a massive problem, right? And again, I've, I've, I've gone very public with, you know, I had a head in the sand approach to looking at the numbers. I thought they were boring. I didn't understand them too complicated, you know, all of those stories that were going on around it. And yet the reality is we need to, you know, understand like some simple numbers that we are, you know, that are going to give us key information as to what are we growing in the business. And of course, as you and I both know, it's not just about top line revenue. It's easy to brag about those numbers, but ultimately what's the, you know, what's the number, the profit number we want to be going for, that's going to really dictate the financial health of business. Absolutely. So you started out four years, four years ago, and then you went full time about three years ago. How old? I'm just curious. How old were your children at the time? So I had a four-year-old at the time, and then I had just finished maternity leave for my infants at the time. So when I went full-time, I literally had a newborn baby on my hip. And, um, but all that did for me, I remember my husband saying like, are you sure you still want to do this thing? And I was like, I have two amazing reasons here at home right now to just really go all in on this. And so, um, you know, for me, it was even more, uh, reason to really figure out a way to make this, you know, online, um, virtual business work. Yeah. I so good. Right. Cause we can, again, use kids as an excuse or we can use them as a reason. Mm-hmm. And as so I'm seeing so many more women now really being motivated because they've got, you know, they've got their kids, very young children as well. And they're not, you know, they're, they're working it out, right. They're, they're juggling everything. They're getting home, home help and everything to make things work, running those businesses from home and actually creating a lot of success and fulfillment with it. So kudos to you. Mine was slightly, I mean, mine was slightly older when I launched my business. I think my daughter Liv was probably, I'm just trying to think now, mind you having said that she was about four. She must've been about four. So not, not a baby on the hip, but as I was trying to figure some of those things out, she was certainly younger than that. Mm -hmm. So who are the sorts of business owners that you are working with today? And what classically, yeah, like what are the problems? They come to you because why? <laughs> That's such a good question. Um, and I'll, I'll say to you, I mean, I started, you know, when I first got started in the role, I was familiar with product-based businesses. I had been in supply chain for a while. So that has uh, tended to stay with us. So we still work with product-based businesses now, mostly Shopify online-based, but a couple brick and mortars in there as well. Um, The second demographic we work with is typically service providers. So they have a lot of clients they're working with, you know, people like uh, bookkeepers or CPAs or even, um, you know, some sort of coaching experience where there are a lot of clients that they're developing and have a a high end, um, high ticket offer uh, that goes alongside that. And then the third piece is in the membership area. So Again, there's a lot of data swirling around because there's a lot of marketing that goes into that. There's a lot of um, internal delivery systems to make sure that you're you're delivering on your promise and those sort of pieces. So those are kind of the three niches that uh, we've honed in on over the last three or four years together. So um, across the board, though, at the end of the day, these um, ambitious women are focused on scaling. So they've gotten to a really great threshold, you know, typically multi six figures, you know, on the, on the verge of uh, hitting their seven figure year. And they're just 
not sure what's the thing to really push the lever to mm-hmm. help them cross that seven figure mark or to cross that next seven figure mark in their business. So eager and ambitious to scale, but still feels a little messy on the back end. Not sure if, hey, do I have the right team members in place? Are they working on the right things? Um, I have 20 different service offerings or you know, 200 different products. Do they all need to stay in the line? Do they stay, need to stay active or do I need to drop some? Um, do, is my marketing working? I, you know, I've, I've tried 40 different things, you know, threw all the spaghetti at the wall and now I'm still doing all of it because that's, you know, what I started with. I don't want to drop it unless I know it's not actually fruitful for me. So those are tend to be the most common um, challenges that they're facing when they come to us is they just want certainty and clarity that they're doing the right things that are actually going to help them scale their business. Yeah, so important. And again, when we're in the business, right, we can't, we often can't see the wood for the trees or the forest for the trees, as I think you say it over here. But again, <laughs> right, we're, we are, we're too close to it. Most, most of the business owners as well, they're founder operators as well. So again, it's that fear of letting go of things, but always that magic of wanting to know yeah what is that next thing the one thing or a few things I need to drop but what is that place that I could really focus in on that's going to make scaling so much easier mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. so how do you know let's just go to like women as well what because I see this a lot with women business owners uh, when it does come to scaling that you know again often not looking at the numbers in the business and again Obviously, that was a huge part of my backstory. And there are still days, you know, there is still one of those places today. I'm going to say super transparently. It's not always my favorite place to look. Mm -hmm. You know, if I get busy, um, it's an easy ball for me to, let's say, take my eye off of. Right. Because it's not the natural place for me to go. So I still have to be very, very conscious about that. But why is it that you think, you know, from your opinion, that women do struggle to kind of look at the numbers in their business and build their business by the numbers? Right. It's such a great question, Vanessa. I mean, at the end of the day, it tends to be that I see folks either two things. They either don't know that it's that important or that it's, it's almost like a, you know, I'm scared of the numbers. Like what if it reveals something that I actually don't want to know, <laughs> kind of like, you know, not going to the doctor, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, I don't want to go just in case they find something and then, you know, things will feel like a mess. But the truth is you need to know what the mess is if you want to be able to clean it up. Um, so some, most of the time though, it's, it's also kind of just in society that, um, you know, women entrepreneurs in particular are, you're the creatives, you're the visionaries, you're, um, you've got all these ideas. So let's talk about those ideas. Let's nurture those things. But the conversation tends to stay there and doesn't talk about the rest of business building, which is really geared towards understanding the numbers behind those great ideas uh, as well. So um, I feel like that's probably, those are the key things that I tend to see as to why they're not looking at them now. Um, and that thought that it has to be hard. So even if, even if we do finally bring some stuff to light that it's going to be difficult or it's going to be a pain in the butt, or, um, I just don't want to, (laughs) I'd rather come up with a new marketing strategy instead. Um, when really, this is like one of the best things you can do to actually simplify your life. So you do have more creative space for yourself. 
It's so interesting. I mean, it really, it does take me back to, you know, I'm just thinking about this through my own experience. And, you know, I definitely had the story of, I don't understand. You know, I think there was, it's just as you said, probably initially the just unaware of the importance, right? That And that was just naive, right? Most, again, many of the women that we work with, they didn't necessarily have go to business school, right? Or had some big careers. You know, a lot of their businesses have grown up organically. And I certainly, you know, I don't have an MBA background. So yes, I didn't understand the importance of even looking at the numbers. Then probably next came once it, you know, started to get a, you know, a win that, yes, this is something I need to be looking at. Now it was the story of, well, I'm just not good at math. And right, this is complicated. Mm-hmm. But then really what was underneath that was, just as you've said, was the fear of what if I discover something that is really scary, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, looking back, I honestly don't even know what that really scary thing was. I'm not sure that I even stopped to like, that's the interesting thing, right? It's a bit like the, the monster under the bed mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're growing up, you know, you think there's something there and then you never dare to look at it. Um, I think for me, it was, you know, I don't know what the scariness was about. Was it, you know, that I wouldn't be able to figure it out, that I was not as far ahead as I wanted to be, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, oh my gosh, would this somehow signal that I was not destined for success? It was almost as if I was going to discover something that meant no, Vanessa, you've got to go back. You know, you, you can't be a business owner because you haven't been looking at your numbers, Mm-hmm. The good news is I've certainly discovered since, and I'm sure you have, right? Again, it's something so many women struggle with. And once we can kind of get beyond that fear and simplify things and actually just start to look at it, it actually does get better. Um, and then and then numbers can get exciting as well. Yeah, the fun part of, of working with clients is like when those light bulb moments start to happen, once they, they do get that clarity and they do see what's working. And also when they also get clarity on what's not working, right? So it's like, oh, I kind of had a hunch that that wasn't working for me, but now I know. And now that I know, I can address it and we can come up with some ideas around it or we can just drop it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scarier to not know than it is to know. Yeah. And what are some of the symptoms? Because again, women could be listening to this now and saying, well, I I don't know where I'm at with that. So, I mean, again, if like, you know, what are some of the common symptoms that you see with women business owners when they're A, not looking at their numbers or perhaps not looking at them in a way that's going to be helpful? Yes. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the easiest one to see is that you're not very profitable. So you might be growing top line revenue, you know, hey, I went from, you know, 400,000 to 600,000 this year. That's great. Did your profitability also (laughs) go that direction? So um, that profit number is probably one of the easiest ones to spot. And and to know that, um, you know, what I, I tell my folks a lot of times is, your financials is what's happened at the end. Like you've done all the marketing, your team has put in all the effort. And now here you are with the finances at the end of the day, end of the month, end of the year. And there's nothing you can really do about it at that point, except plan better in the future. So um, that's a, a key symptom <laughs> to look out for, um, but because it, it is going to encompass everything else that has been happening in the business as well. 
Now, can we clarify profit, though, for a minute here? Because, mm-hmm. right, how do you define real profit? As a couple, sometimes I will say, like, it depends on how far along the business is. I mean, if it's a little bit more established business, you've got team members and things like that, you're looking for net profit, which is all of your revenue minus all of your expenses, including your paycheck. Um, and how much profit is left over at the end of the day for the business. Sometimes we're a little bit on the earlier stage, like maybe early, you know, six figures and um, your paycheck has been a little bit sporadic. (laughs) Then sometimes we'll refer to like, all right, well, how's your income um, being kind of that profit number in there? So all your revenue minus expenses, what's left over for you at the end of the day? Is that moving the right direction as well? Yeah, because that's another place where I see is, well, again, getting in our own way is saying that we're profitable, right? And we're not paying ourselves mm-hmm. or we're not paying ourselves correct market salary, right? There's no way that you could actually hire somebody else to do the work that you're doing for the same amount or little amount that you're paying yourself. And for me, that's about, okay, what is, you know, what is that salary that you really want to be paying yourself from the business? And then what is that profit goal that you want left over? What are some of some of the other things that show up for you again, in terms of those numbers or symptoms that you see? Yeah, the the other key symptom that I see is questioning of your team members. So most of the people that we're working on, Mm. working with, they have either independent contractors or part-time or full-time. But you're, you're second guessing, like, are they working on the right things? Like, is this person that I hired do, are they contributing to actually growing the business? Are they making money for me <laughs> by having that role here? And so once those kind of thoughts start creeping up, that's kind of another indicator that um, there's opportunity there to really clarify for that uh, again. So, you know, having that social media manager is that role actually driving sales, you know, or having other key team members is that role that email, you know, marketer, or is that director of operations, or is that, you know, VA, at the end of the day, is it actually helping me generate more revenue, um, more sales. So that's another key one that we see happening, especially for this stage of growth. um, Because when you are scaling fast, you're, you're typically clamoring for help (laughs) to, to get you through that as well. But once you have it, then it's the question of our impact and and the um, output that's coming from them as well. So a question perhaps you can help with, because this actually comes up a lot as well with some of our women, is there are certain things that are perhaps easier to measure when it comes to team members, right? Mm -hmm. So I often use the example of anybody that's directly involved in sales, for example, that one isn't easy, right? Are they actually getting the appointments on the calendar? Are they getting, you know, are they making offers? Are they closing sales, right? Right. What about though, how do you, you know, recommend measuring somebody that would be more in like an operational role? Because that's a question that really, that comes up so often. They're like, Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure. Like, some of the things I hear is I'm not sure if they're at capacity, right, is one thing. And then the business owner is hesitant to offload more things because they feel like I don't want to overload them. I'm not sure if they're at capacity, you know. And as you say, how do I really measure their performance? How do I know those things in an operational role? Yeah, it's such a great question. Um, and we've absolutely seen this happening as well. I'll say the first thing to look at, though, is 
are they working on the right things? Because, I mean, we can fill up someone's capacity real quick by asking them to paint, you know, paint ceiling tiles or something. So we, we don't want to ask them to do the wrong things that aren't, you know, actually supporting the business. So um, that's a key step. And sometimes um, to, to put value on that can be a challenge. Uh, one of the kind of tricks of the trade that I've learned is to really help define your value on an hourly basis. So, um, you know, what does the business owner's time look like? What is the value of her spending an hour on, you know, something regardless of what it is? And then is that team member helping you reclaim your time? So is that team member, did they give you back five hours of your life every week? Did they give you back, you know, 40 hours of your life every week? Um, that is where you can quantify things. So I just kind of wanted to share that with, with your audience there that, um, you can quantify operational support. Um, but that's one of the best ways to do that is to look at how it's impacting your time. Um, and then to your second question on, Hey, are they at capacity? Um, well, that is where, you know, there's a couple different ways, you know, if your folks are hourly, it's going to be pretty easy to see if they are, are they hitting, you know, 30 out of the 30 hours you agreed on, um, for the week, or if they're more project-based, and you want to give them more work, more workload or responsibilities, then, um, you know, what I have found be really helpful is to have like your standard set of um, deliverables each week, and then to have kind of this backfill <laughs> um, bucket of stuff ready to go for them as well. So, hey, these are additional projects. Um, I want you to get these done. They have loose time frames. They're not, they're not urgent, but they are important. And mm-hmm. so I would love for you to be able to pull, you know, one or two items from this bucket each week and give me an update on how that's going. So that way you are giving them additional work so that they are working to their capacity, but it's also not so demanding that you've just dumped, you know, way more than they can handle in that time period mm. as well like the idea of the bucket there as you say it's like kind of like these 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 things as the priorities and then get to these because they're, they're just questions that you know they do come up a lot mm-hmm. um and so let's just build off of that though because now that you've said something around the business owner how many hours are being freed up mm-hmm. One of the big challenges is we take on team members and all of a sudden we find that we're not only doing most, again, many of our business owners are probably still involved in client work and client delivery at some level. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now we take on team members and it can feel like, well, I'm managing them as well. And actually, you know, it feels like I'm working even harder, possibly, because now I've got team. So how do you respond to that? Because I would say there's going to be a lot of listeners that are like, oh, my gosh, if only my team members were freeing up time. Um, that's not possibly happening right now. Yeah, the, the biggest indicator that we see there is that the processes and procedures are not clearly identified. So when you're bringing on someone into a role it shouldn't be, hey, go manage social media, right? Like <laughs> it should be, um, you know, here's here's the expectation on posts per week. Here's what the graphics should look like. Here's our, our process for, you know, taking core content and splitting it into bits and pieces. Um, that is where I see the biggest challenge because again, like so many times we're just stressed out, we're overwhelmed. We need, we know we need help and people tell us we should get help. So we get it, but then we don't really have a good plan in place for them. So having repeatable, predictable processes in place 
is absolutely the thing that is going to help you. Because if you can repeat it with that one person and you bring on a second person, then you can repeat it with them as well. And I went through the same thing, you know, when I was, um, I started out just me, you know, and then wanted to bring in another me. So someone else that could help with clients. So uh, for me, I had to really lay out like, hey, these are, you know, for our, our dashboard build projects, these are the six core calls that we have. These are the six themes that we have. And um, so I would have the calls and then I would give um, the outlines to my new team member. Hey, here's what you need to go follow up on now. Um, so we got into that pattern for a couple of clients. Then she started hopping on the calls with me and, you know, would go through it live. And then, all right, here's your first client. Now that we've gone through a couple together and what, and let me meet with you the next day afterwards to see what questions you have coming up. So, you know, not all of it has to happen that way, but Oftentimes you need to make sure you have a process that you can repeat it with that new, new team member as well. And then you can follow up on that <laughs> process to make sure that it is working and nothing's starting to slide because you're not the, the one there anymore. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we talk financials and, and documenting processes are probably two of the, you know, least favorite parts of the business right for, for for at least for many many people for many so, yes for many, <laughs> I know I'm an abnormality I yeah. know you're and again because we work with a lot of financial women and we also work with a lot of women that are running kind of like you know outsourced COO type uh, businesses as well and they're like we love all that stuff you know like we love organizing that for people so let's go coming back to um the numbers um and simplifying them right because again this then becomes the well which numbers should I be looking at right there's just so many things and again before we know it it can become incredibly complex so what's your framework that you propose to just simplify it and into a more digestible format absolutely this has uh, been one of my favorite things to share with folks because it really does simplify things, takes the scary out of your numbers. So I want you to imagine for a second, just kind of like a funnel. And, you know, at the top, there's a lot of numbers happening. So the first thing we want you to do is walk through the ABCs of that funnel. So at the top, with all the numbers swirling around your business from Facebook to WordPress to Infusionsoft to QuickBooks, you know, all these different numbers that could be out there. First, I just want you to audit, like take stock, audit and analyze what is currently happening. Is it important to know what's happening on you know, this platform or that platform? Let's make sure that it's accurate. <laughs> let's make sure that it's useful. And let's understand where we've been historically, because you can make a lot of much more um, better decisions for yourself, knowing what's happened in the past and how you want to change that for the future. So that is the first thing is just simply audit, take a look at what's happened in the past and is it accurate? B, the second step in your funnel, we're gonna narrow some of, that, some of those numbers down. We're gonna make sure that any numbers we wanna track going forward are tied to your bottom line. So B is all about the bottom line. Bottom line meaning, does it help you make more money, <laughs> be more profitable, does it save you time? Because you know we're time is money around here, right? So being able to define, 
does this number actually help me make better decisions about the bottom line in the business? And then C, as we move further down the funnel for our ABCs, C is all about clarity. So if it helps me with the bottom line and it helps make clearer decisions on, do I take this marketing you know, route or this marketing route? Do I hire this team member or that team member or no team member? When it helps you make clear decisions, those are the numbers that you want to start paying attention to, because I guarantee you there are a ton of numbers in your business that you actually don't need to pay attention to because it's not actually helping you move it forward right now. It might later, it might not. But right now we need to focus on having clear expectations on what drives our business. So once you follow those ABCs, then you really have you know the components to make it simple so you can make data driven decisions. Yeah, I love that because, again, it can be so many. I mean, one of the things that we recommend because, you know, in our programs, we've kind of got two levels. One's all about growing, which is, you know, really about that revenue injection over a 100 day period. And then the next level is scaling. Now, revenue, of course, is still important on both both sides. Right. It's just there's one this just different focus and different levels of complexity. But what we're often saying is those numbers, obviously, new sales coming through. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We want to be able to measure those and track those. But again, we also say, but how many conversations is it does it take to actually get those? Right. So kind of going back up the funnel and how many, you know, how many leads do we actually need to actually generate those conversations? So that's something that we get our clients starting to track so that they can see through those numbers. Okay, as long as I'm doing these key activities, I can actually start to predict the sales and the growth in the business. And for me, that's, is that predictability that for me becomes really exciting. It's like, okay, I know if I do certain things and of course it's not, you know, we don't track that just over one month because one month can be a fluke or we don't know exactly what happened. But again, when we can start to see consistently when I do, you know, this amount of reach outs to people, if I get this amount of appointments on my calendar, typically I'm generating this amount of sales and now I can see that revenue steadily growing over the months linked back into the activities. For me, that gives so much confidence. And that's when I hear, right? Women business owners are saying, I just, I, I now know what I need to do. You know, I'm confident in those places where I need to put the effort. Exactly. And that's exactly what you just said there can be applied to multiple areas of the business. So you hearing you that's the key part in the revenue, like what happens before the sale? They're on the phone call. All right. What happens before the phone call? You've had some sort of connection point. Okay. What happens before the connection point? You have an event, right? So being able to track, like, what are all these micro steps happening, you know, in your business and how much of them can we measure? How much of them do we want to measure? Yeah. So exciting. I was with a group of business owners yesterday and, uh, you know, we were, again, we were, we were all sitting down with all numbers and we've all put together spreadsheets that work in just different ways for our business. But again, there, there was some real excitement around that. And that's the piece that I really want to encourage people to, to hear here is 
when we don't track, and this used to be the same for me, right, in, the, uh, in my earlier days, but when we don't track, we also rob ourselves of the celebrations. Mm. And, you know, we've had it with, as I say, I was with a group, like in a peer group yesterday, also within our own cohorts of, in our elite program, where the women are saying, oh my gosh, like I'm celebrating my highest month ever in business. But they... That's an amazing celebration point. But again, we would only know that if we even know what the months before looked like because we've been looking. Uh, in my peer group yesterday, somebody was just sharing, oh my gosh, like I've wanted to, you know, hit this number for so long. I've been like really working towards this and like I've done it and I've flown by it, right? Um, and that actually, actually, I'm thinking of several ones with numbers this week. There was another woman that, you know, really wanted to hit the million dollar mark. And she announced inside of one of our groups this week, and we were, it was at the beginning of November, that she'd looked at her numbers and she'd already done 1.1 million in November. Right. <laughs> so again, like massive celebrations. And that for me is the exciting part of looking at it. It's like we've got to get beyond the scary, simplify and for me, you know, yes, we get to celebrate, but then we start to really build that confidence and see how powerful we can be as a business, you know, as a business owner and a woman in business that, yes, we can simplify, we can run business by the numbers, and we have an awful lot of influence over those numbers. I think that's the piece I wanted to add. I remember laying back in the early days, I would look at those numbers and I had no idea how I could influence them it was just it you know it put it was just a number and it felt like I was just you know putting a wish out there frankly you know I just wish that it will happen but when I started to really track it into then those very practical action steps and activities it's like okay now I can see the correlation between the activities and influencing the numbers now that becomes a fun game mm-hmm. that's such a key point Vanessa the that is an, a thing where, you know, you're seeing the numbers, but you don't know exactly how you can influence them. So, you know, to that, you know, maybe to that sales goal, to that revenue goal, that million dollar mark, you know, you're seeing it out there, but you're not sure how to hit it. But what if you knew how many clients that took? And what if you knew how many conversations you need to have? Like, it feels a lot easier to say, oh, I need to have 10 conversations to, to see a client than it is to say, okay, Let's figure out how to make a million bucks this year from scratch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, obviously, you've been in business for a few years and you do this. This is this is your thing professionally. Um, but I'd love to dive back into just like, yeah, what are some of the challenges that you've had yourself? Um, I'm sure you haven't had it all figured out perfectly since day one. And perhaps some of those places where you had to, you know, you've had your own breakthroughs around money or value or taking it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, again, coming from kind of that corporate background, you know, it was all about, you know, what what your salary looked like. And so, okay, well, how how do I want to make money in this, you know, new new business that I've got going on here? So um, you know, what kind of hourly rates do I look at versus profitability and um, so for me, it, it took some uh, good uh, coaching and suggesting <laughs> to move into more package-based um, offers. And, um, and I'll say even with that, like I'm really gl- grateful that I had um, that encouragement early on because even 
now, you know, looking back on it, that first year was, that was tough because I had, had this newborn baby. I was really excited. I definitely had more freedom and flexibility with my mm-hmm. family, but I did not have the income that I wanted to see that first year for sure. Um, and so being able to, to know that revenue number I wanted to generate versus what happened. And then to, I, I tested a lot of things, which is often what happens in business, right? So I tested some marketing. I took out loans to test out, you know, different things. And some of them panned out and some of them didn't. So, but that, that first year I didn't take home a lot. And unfortunately, you know, the business wasn't profitable that first year either. Um, but I knew, I did know how, how much and to what extent that was each step. So I had a certain risk threshold that I was willing to, to look at. Um, and then that allowed me to make some tweaks and changes in the, in the new years, you know, coming up. And I'll say to you, I mean, you know, 2020 was hard on a lot of folks. You know, some people seemed to skyrocket that year. Some people seemed to really struggle. Um, and so for me, you know, that was another thing thing where I could see that people were not, um, you know, our client workload was starting to drop and, you know, we needed to find more clients. And so again, going back to the testing and and drawing board there. So um, it absolutely has its ebbs and flows and, you know, you feel like you're on the upswing and then it can kind of, you know, get some more challenges your way. But at the, at the end of the day, I forget what the exact quote is, but you don't lose until you quit. Right. So, Absolutely. Yes. No, that has like, been my motto. Yeah. And, no, and none of us have a crystal ball and none of us have it. Got, I've got it all, you know, perfectly, you know, perfectly all put together. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious as well, just because obviously you are in a place where you have different conversations. Cause again, that intimacy around the numbers, what do you also see around some of the trends with women business owners and their willingness to pay themselves appropriate salaries and or even like really, you know, right, give themselves the money that they want to give themselves? What do you what do you notice there? Yeah, um, I see there's, first of all, this hesitation to pay themselves too much um, because they feel like the business comes first and, you know, the business is a separate entity, you know, from themselves. Right. So there's a desire to make sure the business thrives, but not necessarily themselves. And one of the things um, we tend to do initially with our, our clients is, well, you know, just saying this business is successful. What would you like to take home? Like what's, what's that starting point look like for you? Mm. And so when we map that out and we put that into the, the forecast for the year and they see that their business is still growing and that they're paying themselves, that's such a powerful number to look at, honestly, to, um, because it takes it from this uh, nebulous thought process to actually like, well, here's what your numbers could still look like. Yes. Um, and it's, it's black and white. It's, it's on this page now. Yeah, love that. So again, I like the fact that you, again, you can bring it into, as you say, the, the black and white, mm-hmm. because that's another story that I hear so often is the kind of, I'm investing back in my business. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, are we really, right? Or is that like, are we really, like, what does that really look like? And, and like, what is the strategy behind that? And what is the plan to get paid at some point? Because, you know, that it can just quickly become a runaway train with, well, I'm investing back in my business. And then what I've seen is 
that looks like investing in team member support. And then everybody else on the team is being better, is better paid than the actual founder. Absolutely. And to your point, I think you made earlier, Vanessa, as well as the, the idea that most people want to scale, potentially even want to sell their business. But if you haven't been paying yourself, then there's, you don't have that, that reference point to see, all right, well, what would it take to have someone else come in and replace me? You know, if someone else bought the business. So um, that's a key point that I see a lot of people overlooking, especially if you do want to build something up in order to sell it, you've got to have a a CEO (laughs) salary in there somewhere. So why not, why not bring that in now? Absolutely. For, for, for you, right? And, you know, and as you say, if you start to get into that trap of paying team members and you're not paying yourself, like that's the path to resentment. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is where we can get very resentful. That's where, you know, that, that gets me feeling bitchy. So <laughs> the title <laughs> of the podcast is Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. But, you know, frankly, if we're not taking care of ourselves and paying ourselves first, we are going to get resentful and not show up in the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, Lane, I love this conversation and, you know, keeping it practical and not so scary around the numbers. I also know that you've got some resources that could be really beneficial to our listeners. I'm going to make sure that they're in the show notes, but can you at least give us a sneak peek of uh, what have you got that could be really helpful? Yes, absolutely. So yes, for for folks listening that want to just have a a better understanding on what might be some of the important numbers to look at in our business, you know, I've got a 12 metrics checklist. These are the 12 most common metrics that we see coming up time and time again, you know, industry to industry. And so you'll get not only a 12 metrics checklist, but also some fun little, you know, three to five minute mini videos that go alongside each of those 12 as well. So you not only know what it is, but why it's important and how to use it. So if you go to 12metrics.com, you can sign up and get the checklist there. That's 12metrics.com. I love that. That's way more than a checklist. That's like a mini training. (laughs) I wish I honestly, I wish I'd had that back then. Seriously. So make sure you go grab that. That's super practical. And final question for you is, what are you excited about? What's coming up for you in your business and kind of your growth plans? Yes. Thank you so much for asking. So uh, as we, you know, come up on 2022, you know, I feel like I've um, had such a blast supporting clients, helping them make numbers simple and make better decisions. Like this is my mission now. Like I'm ready to create an army of folks that are going to help do this alongside me. So we're actually launching a training program now for more dashboard designers to come in place. So um, we're going to absolutely love on and continue working with our boutique clients, but really excited to just empower more women entrepreneurs through people that are already out there that already have um, clients and they want to add dashboards to their suite of services as well. That's so cool. I really love that. Really love that. Well, listen, thank you. Always a pleasure to hang out with you. And uh, I wish you just an amazing rest of day. And thank you for everything that you shared today. And again, for our listeners, make sure you hop on that link. It'll be in the show notes as well and get that. It's a training. It's a mini training system to help you with your numbers. And they can be exciting and nowhere near as scary as you think they are. Bye-bye for now.